0: Welcome to season two of Own It from Women Lead Change. I'm Tiffany O'Donnell, the CEO of Women Lead Change. In our episode today, we'll be talking to Britt Barron, a sought-after speaker on the intersections of spirituality, race, gender, and sexuality. Along with her wife, Sammy, she co-founded Other Dreamers, which is a creative agency designed to help others tell their stories authentically. Britt grew up in an evangelical megachurch in the 90s, trying to fit neatly inside the boundaries her church and, as she calls its narrow views, had placed around her. In Worth It, Overcome Your Fears and Embrace the Life You Were Made For, Britt tells her story to inspire all of us to overcome our own fears, the kind of fears that keep us from evolving beyond the narratives that have been handed to us by others. We can't avoid or outrun these fears, but if we face them we'll find out that it was so worth it. Hey Britt, hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am happy to be here. Well, a word comes to mind and it's a consistent thread through what you talk about and worth it, the book Mm -hmm. and and other places is courage. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to if you could just share with our listeners, you mentioned your wife and you moving from LA, Uh uh, very (laughs) courageous. That's pretty courageous. I mean, can you yeah. just give us a little bit of little, little bit of background about that decision in, in
1: your life today? So my wife's born and raised Southern California. I had been in LA for about 15 years. So we're both like, that is our home. And LA is so special. It's unique, it's got its own very unique challenges. And we had always kind of dreamt of like, what if we left the city one day? What if we left LA? Um, But we were so busy that we just like never it was always just like something we talk about, like before bed or something. And so once last March happened, um, which is wild that it's already last March, things slowed down to a halt. And I feel like us along with many people finally had a little bit of breathing room to say, what do I actually want? What is, what do I want to be about? What is, what's important to me? What do I value and how do I make that a priority in my life? And so some of the things we valued where we really wanted to try and buy a home, you know, which not being independently wealthy in Los Angeles was, you know, very hard to do. And so we just were like, there's no time like the present and let's do it. And that's, you know, one of the things I always say about courage is a quote from my dad we said, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's just not allowing fear to have the final say. And so you make decisions knowing like, oh, I'm terrified. We bought a house sight unseen. Like we FaceTimed a realtor and we're like, that looks good. And we, you know, just got in our cars with our best friends and drove out here. And I think having courage doesn't mean you're not afraid. You're just saying, that's not what's going to lead me, right? I'm still Mm going to be led by
0: these things that I want and value. Mm -hmm. And there's real freedom in that. Absolutely. The Women Connect Workshop with Hannah Ubel, Connecting Across Generations, takes place on April 13th. Tickets are available now, wlcglobal.org. So so what have you learned about yourself in the past year? You know, how have you man- managed yeah. your you know, mental and emotional health, which we know it's taken a toll on all of us in different ways?
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, what haven't I learned over the past year? Um, you know, I think I underestimated the importance of self-care and not just on like a cosmetic level right because there are things that are important you know a face mask and then doing some of these things that keep you sane but the self-care in terms of like am i spending time with myself am i journaling am i getting thoughts out am i allowing myself to grieve and i'm allowing myself to hold joy i think that's something that we saw very early on in 2020 was a lot of people saying like this is a time to grieve, like, it's, it's all grief, and it's all bad. And then you had people being like, choose joy, we have to choose joy, we have to stay positive. And they felt like these conflicting ideologies. And I feel like one of the biggest things I've learned, which I feel like we we know, but when we're faced with it, it, it sort of crystallizes the, the reality that we can hold both, right? That I can be devastated about the impacts that 2020 had, And that doesn't disqualify me from still finding moments of joy and holding on to them and being fully in them. And that doesn't discount sort of the pain. You know, I feel like I've learned that again and again and again, even with moving, feeling like I can be sad about leaving all my friends and be excited for this new beginning. Even this, you know, past storm in Austin, I can be devastated by the fact that folks were without power and water, that our city was not ready for it. And I can also see the beauty in the way that people came together. They don't discount each other. You don't have to choose one. You get to hold both of them. And and that's the the biggest lesson I think a lot of people have learned, myself chief among them.
0: You know, so many things are not a zero-sum game. And I think once we figure that out, you know, Mm -hmm. and in one of of the areas I I feel that way, you know, when we talk about inclusion and diversity, Mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes there can be this perspective that, oh, one side, if one side achieves the other's gonna you know lose one side wins the other has to lose and and that's really not the case and I know you talk a lot about you've been talking about inclusion and diversity you know since uh, famously in your TED talk in 2017 Mm -hmm. which we'll we'll share with our our uh, viewers or with our listeners rather Um, you know talk to us a little bit about your views on inclusion and diversity in 2020 and 2021.
1: Well it's you know it's it's kind of similar so I'm a person who's been in this work for years and years and years and right with a lot of people we saw this summer really put a spotlight on this issue as it relates to uh, race in our country. And I think, again, part of the difficulty is that people see a conversation about race as a zero sum game, meaning if I'm right, you have to be wrong. And if you're right, I have to be wrong. Which is just not the reality. I think not many people, but I hope more people become being able to sit in sort of a gray space that says that could be true for you and not true for me. And both of those realities need to come together at some point. So if you've been, you know, one of the things I talk about sometimes, if if you think about sitting in a, a classroom analogy, and if you're in row four, you only see rows three through one and then the front. If you're in row 15, you see rows 14 through all the way to one, right? So we have different vantage points as we sit in society. And so for someone to say like, there's only three rows. Okay. That's true for you. And there's also 15 rows. Both can be true. So you telling me what you see doesn't make me wrong and it doesn't make you wrong, but we have to be willing to allow other people's vantage points in to say, Okay. It's not about right or wrong. It's about, do we have a complete picture? And if we don't, then let's engage in some, some conversation that could be hard. Let's
0: talk about those difficult conversations. How do we have those? Yeah. I have no doubt you've been a part of those your entire life.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, difficult conversations. Uh, love, love them. Don't love them. Right. No one's like ever really excited. Like, oh, this conversation is going to be terrifying. Let's do it one of the things I always say that the three most helpful words in any difficult conversation, are help me understand because I am trying to, I am not a master at this, but if I can go into a conversation and seek to understand before I'm understood, now we're going to have a different engagement. So if I can say, you know, if we're talking about race in America, help me understand why you get upset when you hear something like black lives matter. And I'm and I'm trying to to actually understand what that what they're saying, what that means, what that feels like when they hear that. Now I can engage some of my own reasoning and understanding, and and say, okay, I hear that. Here's maybe can you try to understand why this is being said, right? If you've already got your time to sort of say and actually felt like you've been heard. Now I can feel like I'm going to be heard. It takes a lot of empathy to have difficult conversations. I think people think they don't wanna engage in a conversation about race because they don't have enough knowledge, they don't have the right words set, they don't have all these things. The number one thing you need is empathy, right? You don't have to know all the right things to say, we can fumble through this and get it right together, right? I've been a part of conversations about topics where I knew nothing and, I, and people allowed me to sort of fumble my way through to arrive at a a different understanding, Um, and we have to be willing to let people do the same thing.
0: Overwhelmed by Data, the Master of Business Analytics program at Iowa State University can help with that. Their program will teach you how to organize your data and use it to drive decisions, taking you from down and out to the data-driven top dog. The program is 100% online, it's customizable, plus there's no entrance exam. If you're ready to make your data work for you, visit ivybusiness.iastate.edu for more information. You know, I love that we use words like empathy, you know, vulnerability. You know, these Mm -hmm. are really part of the vernacular today. So different Mm -hmm. than, you know, certainly even a year ago, much less five years ago. You know, I'm I'm curious if you could give us some context to your life. You know, we mm-hmm. know you as a successful person. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think it's always helpful for us to hear a little bit about your journey and maybe some of your experiences that, you know, weren't so great, you know, kind of reminding us where we were 10 years ago. You know, do you yeah. have any stories you could share with us? Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, thanks Brene Brown for um, making empathy and vulnerability keywords in our culture big part of my story is being um, not only woman, being a woman of color, and also being a queer woman. So being attracted to, being married to another woman. And uh, for a lot of my life, which I talk about this in my book, existed in a very uh, religious space. And so that felt like who I was was at war with the expectations of what I was supposed to do. And so ultimately, right, I had to make a decision am I going to uphold the expectations that people have of me and the life that they want to see me live? Or am I going to be true to who I am? Right. Am I going to choose freedom? And one of the questions that I always share that, that pushes me daily, but in that moment, especially was, um, is my life a reflection of who I want to be, or is it a reaction to people I don't want to upset? And when I honestly asked myself that and realized how many parts of my life were me just reacting to people that I didn't want to upset, uh, then I was able to say, that's not the life I want. Now that doesn't mean that everyone didn't get upset, like they did get very upset still, but I already had a value set on that. And part of what led me to write Worth It, because I don't know how many um, closeted mega church pastors there were in the world, that didn't feel like necessarily a universal story. However, when I sat with the reality that what I was faced with was man who i am at my core and what i really want to do and who i want to be who i want to be with like the life that i want sits outside of the expectations that so many people have for me what they've seen what they're comfortable with which one of those am i going to choose and in that way i feel like a lot of us like especially women have this this reality of the expectations of the people around them this is how you do motherhood, this is how you do career. This is how you do this. This should be your priorities. This should be the way you dress, look, love, live, like all of these things. And we're constantly faced with, am I going to be true to me or am I going to be true to these expectations? And so those are one of the big ways I've experienced that was, you know, being in this religious environment, um, being a leader in this religious environment, but having a part of me that conflicted with, with that reality.
0: Was there a moment that helped you push out of that? Because I mean, I can't imagine how hard that would be. Mm-hmm. We don't like to disappoint people. We do not.
1: Obviously, it was a buildup of several moments, but the moment uh, that I actually finally was like, "This is it. I'm out. I've got to. I've got to do this." Um, I was in a meeting, and um, in in this scenario, I was, you know, on staff at a pastor of church, and I was in the meeting, and we were talking about the LGBTQ community. And whether or not we were going to allow people who identify that way to be in leadership roles. And mind you, now I'm like, I have fully come to this realization by myself, but I haven't I haven't come out. I haven't, you know, shared this with anyone. And I had this complete out of body experience where I'm I was sitting in the meeting and I was thinking, Oh my gosh, we're talking about me. Oh my gosh. I had a first like a woe is me, like, hey, this is really sad. You don't know that I'm going through this. But then I had a moment where I was like, hey, but I'm also complicit in this. I'm in this meeting. And if I continue to stay in this, I can't feel bad about what they're saying. If I'm like continuing to have a seat at this table and not speak up and not say this is wrong and not do this. And that was a moment where it went from kind of like, woe is me to like, oh no, 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 you're, you're a part of this. You're, you are benefiting from this place that that believes us and that was a huge moment for me um and I I quit the next day wow can I ask how old you were I was 29 and three quarters wow and I remember thinking I'm about to turn 30 I don't want to I don't want to bring this
0: and you lived your life that long though yeah I mean yeah
1: I was up there and one of the things that was difficult about growing up um, specifically evangelical and uh, very Christian was this idea, which I think so many women experience this too, of like distancing ourselves from our own body, right? Because it's bad or, you know, it's not right, or it doesn't look, it doesn't do what we want it to do, right? So we just like create some distance from it. And I, you know, I think in a lot of ways, that's one of the reasons why it took me, it took me even a long time to to understand myself and who i was and these things because i had created like such a distance from it i spoke at a conference a couple years ago and we met this couple and because we've always felt like oh my gosh like by the time we figured it out we were you know older you know it would have been fun to you know be in high school yeah. or take a girl to prom i don't know and <laughs> um and we met this couple who we love to this day we stay connected um and they were in their late 40s early 50s and they were like, Oh, you guys are so lucky, you're so young. Cause they had just come to their own realization and got together and we were like oh, wow. Like I mean it's just it's all a matter of perspective. We had felt like, gosh, this took us so long. And they were like, Wow, you're so ahead of the game and you know, that was a beautiful moment for us.
0: Calling our corridor and Quad Cities friends. Applications for the Elevate Leadership Program close April 9th. This program is for emerging leaders. Find out more at wlcglobal.org. I bet a few a few things from that, you know, what would you say to a parent maybe of a young person mm-hmm. where they may, you know, parents I think often, you know, know this about their kids before yeah. the, uh, you know, kids do, you know, or even to another you know, professional woman who may mm-hmm. be wrestling with this, any advice?
1: I've started only giving out one piece of advice for any question, and it's always to trust yourself. I think far too often we lean on experts and research on all these things for questions that we deep down know the answer to. And we are either looking for confirmation or a reason to not believe it. But I think, oh my God, overwhelmingly, you know. You know what's going on with your kids. You know what's going on with yourself. If you are able to trust that, it won't be easy, right? But you
0: you have the answers. And that is so applicable to so many things. You know, trust totally. yourself. I don't know why that's so hard. It's so hard. I don't hard. know why that's hard. It is so hard. Uh, who are there, people that you admire? that do this well, you know, people that you consider courageous? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
1: lots of people. My favorite people in the world, both, I think I have people I admire both famous and not. I love people who are like, oh, I was wrong, I messed up. Oh, I didn't that? know that. <laughs> you know, famously, um, Rihanna, <laughs> who's just, i I, you know, she's great. It, it doesn't have a big public, you know, persona or hasn't written any books, but she said something one time in a song and it was it was kind of offensive to um, the indigenous you know, community here. And so someone tweeted at her and said, I don't know if you know this, but when you say this lyric, it's actually offensive because this is. And without a second, she instantly like tweets back. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Did not know that. Now that I know I'll do better i mean edit it's that is such a simple thing but in our current culture like things like that just make my heart so happy cuz you don't know it all and so my all the people i admire are saying i can tell you what i've learned along the way but i am not the expert on your life i could tell you what might help but you are going to know i can tell you what what i have found to be true but i am open to feedback, I can tell you, you know, I don't know what I don't know. Um, and so all I can do is try to start this conversation.
0: I admire anyone with that vibe. I don't know what I don't know. Yeah, wow. Um, what does it mean to embrace the middle and face your fear while having the courage to adapt and grow?
1: I mean, I, I, it's so much of what we talked about, right, in the beginning of our conversation, It's it's holding both, right? It's saying, I am actually really scared and i'm going to keep moving forward it's what i it's what i wish we heard more publicly right for for people who 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 do amazing things you know i i want to i know you didn't just wake up and do it you know i want i want that middle part cuz i feel like that's where so many of us get stuck right we we get all pumped up we're like okay i'm going to do it i'm going to live the life i'm going to quit the job i'm going to get the girl i'm going to go for the interview i'm going to apply i'm going to whatever and then we get to that part where it starts to feel like, whoa, I don't know. This is a little scary, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's that's the important stuff, right? It's it's not the decision to do it, and it's not the victory in doing it. It's everything in the middle.
0: You know, and I take it a step further, Britt. I always call it the messy middle.
1: Because yeah. it's the
0: messy middle that people don't talk about that yeah. is the most helpful. It is. It That's
1: why I, always, I say it's the least sexy parts about a story that are the ones that are gonna help you get there. Like, I, I say this all the time. like, I had no idea how much paperwork was involved in Chasing a Dream. Like, you wanna like, <laughs> you think it's gonna be like movie montages? It's like <laughs> starting an LLC. Like, it's calling your mom to like figure out what your, you know, social security number. Like, it's not cool. Like, it's paperwork and emails. And that's
0: the part where I, you know, I,
1: I want people to see more.
0: I'm curious when you were making all of these decisions, these life changing decisions, you know, where are you today with those people that you thought you were gonna disappoint?
1: It's a good question. My my parents are amazing parents. They are just the best. And so there was a part of me that was that was nervous about that, but ultimately I you know, I I did feel comforted. Like they love me. And I and I was right. They loved me and they showed up and they're probably you know, somewhere right now, like with a rainbow flag, waving it around. And and they they are amazing. Everything I was afraid of happening did happen. <laughs> so it wasn't like a, hey, follow your dreams and nothing that you're afraid of is real. It's not that it's not real. It's just, that's not the highest value. Um, and so unfortunately we did lose a lot of friends and our jobs and a lot of the community that we had. And we've, you know, we had some difficult conversations and some some wild anonymous emails which I always feel like I know who they're from though you know I'm like oh, I have yeah. a hunch mm-hmm. but um yeah it was really hard when we when we got married uh one of the hardest things is so you know we had all you know all of our best friends be in our wedding and and I had uh, one bridesmaid who who was one of my closest friends ultimately was like basically like I support you in a, privately but if I do this publicly yeah. Uh, you know, too much is at stake for me um to be in your wedding. Um, and so that was one of my bridesmaids, and that happened to two of my wife's bridesmaids. and these are friends, you know, these are some of our closest friends in the world. and that was hard because i don't I don't know that we saw that coming, but when you like when you step outside and when you choose freedom, you give the people around you to do the same. And that's a hard choice, and not everyone's going to take it, and that's okay. But that's
0: not yours to carry. That's not a reason to not do it. Wow. I, I'm wondering if the title of your book is an indication of how you feel today. Worth it. Yes.
1: Oh, a thousand percent. It, it's not worth it because it was like the easiest thing I've ever done in the world. It's not worth it because nothing bad ever happened. It just so I would do it a million times again with whenever faced with the same, will I choose freedom or will I choose fear? I hope I always choose freedom no matter how hard it it is, no matter what it costs, because it is absolutely worth it.
0: The Women Lead Change Store is open for business. We've got apparel, books, drinkware, and more. wlcstore.myshopify.com. One last question here. We talk a lot about superpowers and how, uh-huh. you know, um, sometimes a superpower wasn't always considered a superpower. You know, mm-hmm. being an introvert for me back in the day was something I always thought I should hide because it would disappoint mm-hmm. people if they <laughs> thought that I really was that, even though uh-huh. I am. Do you have a superpower that, that you learned about yourself over the years and what would that be? Yeah,
1: I have a superpower, like most pe- superpowers that has like a shadow side. I love a reframe, a positive reframe. So, okay, I mean you you name my wife has the same superpower so sometimes it's like really annoying but i remember (laughs) when the you know we're like any anything i could find a twist to try to reframe it to, to to keep it you know to keep our spirits up which sometimes i need to like chill but i i love being like hey we don't have any power right now but we've always wanted to see if our flashlight works so there's
0: <laughs> there's a positive moment in that. Um, you do have to be careful. You gotta be you gotta pull that out at just the right time. I do. It just it at is. the wrong time, you're liable to get Exactly. Soft. Yeah. It's like any superpower. You
1: gotta really <laughs> rein it in. You can't use it all the time, but when the right <laughs> moment calls for it, you bust it out.
0: <laughs> oh, Britt Barron, you are you are just your treat. I'm so grateful for your time today and I know our listeners are too. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great. Great way to start the morning. Absolutely, we'll see. You, we'll see you in May. Yes, be well, my friend. Anybody else surprised the age of Brit when she finally felt free enough to create her own narrative? I know I was. You'll be able to hear more from Brit at the upcoming Women Lead Change All Access Conference on May 4th, 2021. Joining Brit are Ariana de Bonvoisin, Gabby Bernstein, Risha Grant, and Shelly Archambault. It's all virtual, and registration is open now at WLCGlobal.org. Follow Women Lead Change on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate that so much. More information and tickets can be found at wlcglobal.org.